0: It's a privilege to get to share with you this morning. This morning, we're going to be talking about faith. In our culture, faith is considered a a very private thing, it's a very individual thing. Uh, And in church, we talk a lot about having a personal relationship with Jesus. Uh, And all of that is great, but following Jesus is not just a solo event, it's much more than that. It's a team sport. We together are the church. And when we worship together, something miraculous happens. When we study the Word together, uh, maybe in our connect groups, we get a deeper understanding of the will of God than we would on our own. When I hear your story, when I hear about what God has done for you, that inspires me to believe God for things in my life. This morning we're starting a series called Church Dreams. And my hope and my prayer for you is that you and the rest of our church would get a fuller sense of God's plan for us to be the church together. So dream with me. In what ways would New Stanton Church go deeper into the heart of God if we intentionally let God build our faith, our serving, our generosity, and our evangelism? We're going to kick things off today by talking about faith. Uh, We'll be talking not so much about faith in God to save us from sin, but faith in God to answer prayers And faith is so important that the author of Hebrews said this uh, in Hebrews 11.1. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So God is pleased by our faith. We, We can't play it safe and please God. We can't play it safe. And I hope that after this message, you'll be inspired to believe God for greater things, and that we will believe him for greater things together. Have you ever been amazed by someone's faith in God? Is there anyone in your life who you've been uh, Im- impressed by just how much confidence they have in God and his word? You know, one of the people I admire from church history, I admire their faith, is a guy named George Mueller. And George Mueller. Uh, In 1836, him and his wife started an orphanage, which was fully funded by charity. And and Mueller never made requests for financial support. He felt so strongly that God would provide uh, that he didn't ask anyone for money. And many times, God would provide food at the last minute. So one time, uh, the leader of the orphanage informed him, look, the children are dressed and ready for school, but there is no food to eat. Uh, And so George told her to take the 300 children into the dining room and have them sit at the tables. He thanked God for the food, and he waited. George knew that God would provide the food for the children, as he always did. Within minutes, a baker knocked on the door, and he said, Look, I couldn't sleep last night, and somehow I knew that you would need bread. So I baked three batches, and I'll bring them right in. A little bit later, there was another knock on the door, And the milkman, his cart had broken down right outside the orphanage. And by the time they could repair the wheel, the milk would spoil. So he said, could you use some free milk? And I could just imagine George smiling as the milkman brought in 10 large cans of milk. And it was enough for those 300 thirsty children. Situations like this were really commonplace for this guy. And I love how he had total confidence that God would provide so much so that he thanked God as if the food was already there. The kids are all there, 300 kids, with nothing on the table, and he's thanking God for the food. Uh, A friend of mine has experienced some very similar things to that, and he was actually inspired by reading some of the prayers of George Mueller, uh, and it just inspired him to believe God in his own life for financial provision. Uh, I want to tell you a little bit of his story. My friend Seth and his wife Tara, uh, they felt very strongly that God was calling them and their three kids to go to Mozambique in Africa. Uh, After paying the $500 deposit themselves, their first deadline was that they needed $7,500 and they were, after they had raised some funds, they were $900 short. Have you ever been there? Have you been, had a financial deadline and you know you don't have the money in the bank? You know how scary that can be. And so Seth was praying, and he felt God reminding him of Matthew 6, where it says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And the very last day before that deadline, a friend who had pledged $500 but not followed through ended up giving him $1,000, uh, and they met that deadline. At another point, they needed nine grand in 24 hours to meet their deadline. And so Seth prayed. And he called two people. And the first person he called gave them $3,000. The next day, the day of their deadline, the other person called him back and they gave him not $6,000 but $7,000. And so many times they were hours from hitting their deadline and God provided. You know, Seth and his family aren't perfect, but I'm, I'm amazed at their faith in God um, through all of that. So I want to share with you this morning a couple times where Jesus himself was amazed at someone's faith or lack of faith. So we read in in Mark 6 about what happened when Jesus went to his hometown to Nazareth to minister. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his, hometown, in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed by their lack of faith. Can you imagine? I just think that's shocking that the Son of God himself could not do very many miracles because of their lack of faith. And we see here that that faith in the limitless power of God is necessary for miracles to happen. When we only consider the natural world and the possibilities that it offers us, we miss out on, on what God might do through his supernatural power. Though the Son of God was right in front of them, They could only see a local carpenter. And Jesus was just amazed that they did not see or consider his supernatural capabilities. And they missed out on what Jesus wanted to do for them. Let's take a look at someone whose faith uh, impressed Jesus. Uh, In Luke 7, starting in verse 1, it says this, When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There, a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And this one, come, and he comes. And I tell my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. So Jesus was amazed at this man's faith. Though the the people said that he deserved a miracle, the centurion said, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof, but say the word and my servant will be healed. He had complete faith in the authority of Jesus to do a miracle. He didn't even think it was necessary for Jesus to, to physically be there with him or his servant. Jesus was amazed at the faith that this man had in his power. Because he hadn't even seen that kind of faith among the people of God. So, if Jesus was, was amazed by this centurion's faith, and he was amazed by the lack of faith in Nazareth, how would Jesus respond to your faith? How would he respond to our faith as a church, at New Stanton Church? Do we have total faith in the con- and confidence in the power of God and the words of God, or do we only have confidence in what we can see, what we can control? and what we can do on our own. I want to take a minute for each of us to consider where we're at in our faith and and assign a number to it, somewhere between 1 and 10, where 1 is a total lack of faith and 10 is total faith. And as we consider this, I, I think it's helpful to ask ourselves this clarifying question. If God said yes immediately to every prayer that you asked this week, how would your world be different? If God said yes immediately to every prayer that you asked this week, how would your world be different? Maybe for some of you, if you're an eight or a nine, you would have seen several people healed of cancer, and a friend's medical bills would have been provided for, and a marriage would have been restored, and you would have had many opportunities to share the gospel with unbelieving friends. Amazing things would have happened because you prayed big prayers in faith. But maybe some of us here today, uh, we don't really ask God for anything quite that big. Maybe if God said yes immediately to all your prayers, your food would have been blessed. Maybe your kids would have behaved when you went out to eat. And maybe the line of cars out at the road construction out here would have moved a little bit faster. Or maybe, maybe your world would be no different because you didn't ask God for anything at all. You didn't risk anything. You didn't attempt anything for the kingdom of God. So if you talk to Jesus today, would he be amazed at your great faith, or would he be amazed that you didn't attempt anything significant in this past week? You know, I I know I'm definitely not a 10 on my faith scale. Uh, We all have room to grow, and so I'm preaching myself here today just as much as I'm preaching to all of you. My hope is that you'll be challenged today to believe God for big things, to take risks to advance his kingdom. And what I want you to remember today is this. As believers, we can be confident before God because he hears and answers our prayers. Let's read from 1 John 5 this morning, verses 14 and 15 say this. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. So as believers, we can be confident before God because he hears and answers our prayers. I want to share two faith builders with you today. And the first is that God is paying attention to your prayers. God is paying attention to you. Um, I I can, just with my personality, I can sometimes be a pretty focused slash oblivious person at times. Uh, And I try hard to give my girls the attention uh, that they deserve, but... Occasionally, I'm focused on a task or something on my phone, uh, and my wife will gently remind me, and she'll say, Honey, look, and I'll I'll look up, and I'll see Bexley holding up a toy that she wants to show me, Uh, or maybe I'll see Ava sharing a toy with her sister, which is totally just an act of God in itself right there. (laughs) You know, although I'm not perfect, and I don't constantly pay attention to my children, God's not like that. God is always paying attention to you and he hears your prayers. Psalm 145, 18 through 19 says this in the message paraphrase. God's there listening for all who pray, for all who pray and mean it. He does what's best for those who fear him, hears them call out, and saves them. God is listening. God is paying attention. Call out to him. The infinite creator God who designed everything we see from quarks and leptons to the 10 billion galaxies in the known universe, that God is paying attention to you. The God who is all-knowing, ever-present, and all-powerful is paying attention to you. The God who heals the sick, raises the dead, has authority over demons, and saves you from sin is paying attention to you. Because he listens to our prayers, we have confidence to ask him for big things, You know, we don't have to scream and shout at God to get him to listen. He's listening. When we approach God, we are not beggars. We are children coming to a loving father who wants to give his children what they need, what's good for them. Matthew 7, 9 through 11 says this, and Pastor Steve last week mentioned a parallel passage. It says this, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? So one of the, the primary metaphors in the Bible for our relationship with God is that of a child and a father. And, and for me, as a father, my heart is to always give my girls what they want. And yet at this point, I, I know what's good for them uh, better than they do, so I don't always say Yes. You know, if I did, that uh, Ava would always be drinking juice and she'd only be eating popcorn. Uh, and I know, I, I just, I love to say yes when I can though and just see their face light up. Um, and I know all you dads out there know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and God is like that. God is a good father who's pleased to give us what is good for us. The first step towards answer prayer is simple. Before anything can actually change, you have to ask God for something to happen. Are you complaining to God about your circumstances or to people about your circumstances or are you bringing it to God in prayer? You know, if you don't ask for it, you won't receive it. For those who play basketball, they always tell you, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Uh, and really, you'll miss out on 100% of the answers to prayer that you don't make. God listens to our prayers. Uh, but we see in First John, like we read If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Sometimes we forget the according to his will part. He listens to us if we pray for what he desires to do. Uh, The Apostle James clarifies this for us a little bit. In James 4, it says this, "'You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures.'" Uh, One woman from my dad's church in Kansas, when she got saved, uh, her life just totally turned around. Her and her husband um, both became believers at the same time, and they became totally, totally different people. God really transformed them. Uh, However, they still had a lot to learn uh, about God and the Bible. But when they got saved, uh, she started to pray, and she prayed a really big prayer, like a a really, really big prayer— she prayed that they would win the lottery. And uh, before you laugh or smirk too much, I'm sure some of us were praying about that Powerball jackpot not too long ago. Now, God can do anything, right? But, but this is what James was talking about. God's not going to answer our prayer to win the lottery uh, because we ask with wrong motives, not according to his will. So as we see, God answers prayers that, that line up with his will. But the question a lot of us ask is, okay, if you're telling me I need to take a risk and believe God for something. I need to know that this is God's will. How do I know for sure what God's will is that I can count on it and live my life on that? So I wanted to to touch on uh, three ways that we can know God's will for our situation. We can know God's will primarily by reading the scriptures. There are even a few passages actually that explicitly say this is God's will. If you're facing a big decision... Or even if you're not, search the scriptures to see what you can learn about God's will for your life. For us, a couple of years ago, I had to make a decision about whether to uh, take a job. I was living in western New York, whether to take a job in in the Seattle area where we had no friends or family. Uh, I was feeling very just insecure and uncertain of the future. Um, I had let a lot of my identity and my security become wrapped up in my job, so even thinking about a change uh, was kind of scary. Uh, but God spoke to me through Joshua 1.9, uh, which says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. In this verse, it didn't outright tell me to take the job, but it encouraged me that even if I moved far away from friends and family, God would be with me, and I didn't have to fear. Uh, so the second way is we can also know God's will by listening to the Holy Spirit. Every believer has the Holy Spirit inside of them, and the Holy Spirit knows the will of God. The Holy Spirit is God. Uh, Of course, anything that the Holy Spirit's truly saying to us will line up with the Scriptures. It won't contradict the Scriptures. When uh, my wife and I were considering that job, we prayed, we listened to the Holy Spirit. We had other believers praying with us. um, And you know we were nervous about the whole situation, but we felt that God was calling us to it, and so we went for it. The third way is that we can sometimes know God's will by discerning the circumstances around us. Uh, This can be a bit more subjective, but sometimes the circumstances really do make it very clear what God's will is for us. Um, For us, when we were realizing, we were out in Seattle before we came here, when we were realizing um, that change was coming, the whole process was initiated by discerning our circumstances um, and we listened to the Holy Spirit we, we searched the scriptures But it was kind of started by um, This third one here And so just, just a note for us We didn't feel that um, God had led us out there Listening to the Holy Spirit right And then okay what's going on We felt like it was more of a waypoint Than a destination We felt like God had led us there But God was moving us on to something even better um, And so Many times those three things can make it clear to us what the will of God is. Uh, However, occasionally we can only pray, not my will, but yours be done, because we simply don't know God's will in the situation. We have to trust that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. So we've seen this morning that God is paying attention to our prayers. The second faith builder that I want to share with you this morning is that when we pray in faith, it's as good as done. God hears us, and if it's his will, it's as good as done. I spent a year overseas in China doing relational evangelism on a college campus. Uh, and our goal was simply to make friends, uh, share the gospel with them, and hopefully see them uh, come to Jesus and help them grow in their faith. Uh, one of my friends, whose English name was Tom, he was very close to um, becoming a believer. and But he still had some questions, and he was hesitant about leaving behind belief in some traditional Chinese beliefs, uh, ancestor worship and Buddhism, and he was nervous about what those false gods might do to him if he chose Jesus. So in our conversation, I asked him, wouldn't the real God have power and respond to your prayers? Do, Do they answer your prayers? When you pray to them, does anything actually happen? Because the Christian God is real and answers prayer. He has real power. I told him of a couple prayers of mine that had been answered for healing. Uh, And while he didn't believe in Jesus that very day, the next year he became a believer. So my point is that the power of God to answer prayer is evidence that God is real. When we pray in faith, it's as good as done. 1 John 5.15 that we read earlier says that we know that we have what we asked of him. You really would expect it to say, you know that you will have what you ask. But it's present tense. Even in the original language, it says that we have right now, currently, what we ask of him. When we pray in faith, it's as good as done. And John Wesley had this to say about this scripture. He said that faith anticipates the blessings. Faith expects the answer to our prayers. It expects God to act on behalf of his people in response to God-centered, faith-filled prayers. So Hebrews 11.1 gives us a great definition of faith. Many of you have probably heard this verse before. And it says this, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is really, by its very nature, uncertain. It's confidence in what you hope for, but you don't see yet. As long as you have a guarantee about something, you don't have faith. It doesn't take any faith to believe that I'll still have a minivan tomorrow because I can look in my driveway. Uh, I can look in the parking lot right out here, and I can see it. Uh, It doesn't take any faith for me to believe that I'll have uh, children tomorrow because I saw them this morning. Uh, What takes faith is believing that God will provide when you don't have the money in the bank. It's believing that God is faithful to cleanse you from all unrighteousness when you're addicted to pornography and you can't see any way out. It's believing that God will give you an opportunity to share Jesus with that co-worker who seems so far from him. As long as you have a guarantee, you don't have faith. So maybe you're here today and you've hardly asked God for anything in your entire life. And you're, you're wondering, is this real? Is, does prayer work? Is prayer effective? Let's take a look at what James has to say. James 5, 16 through 18 says... The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And I'm no Elijah, but I've actually experienced something similar to that. Uh, When I finished my education in Bible college, I joined a a traveling ministry team based out of the school. We traveled across 35 states, and we saw a crazy miracle happen in South Texas. Uh, We were partnering with a local church there to do an outdoor outreach event at a park right on the Gulf of Mexico uh, near Brownsville, Texas. And there was a 90% chance of rain that day. And when we pulled in, we started unloading all of our stuff Uh, I was expecting it to rain any second. Um, But being in a park, the the rain would have really ruined everything that we had planned for the event, um, and we would not have been able to hold the event. So before the event got started, we joined together, our team and the, the church team, and we prayed together, and we prayed a bold, audacious prayer. We said, God, would you hold back the rain so that we can proclaim the gospel to these people who are far from you? And he did. That's the crazy thing. He did. I kid you not. Ten minutes after the the event ended, we were loading up our stuff. And when we loaded the last of our sound system into the van, ten minutes later, it started to downpour. And just the whole park was totally drenched. And so we were just amazed at at what God had done, that he held back the rain so that we could show people Jesus. And we were totally amazed at what he'd done. The all-powerful creator God of the universe had listened to our prayer, had listened to my prayer and answered it so that we could do his will. It was no credit to us. All we did was put our faith in a big God who's powerful enough to hold back the rain. And I have to tell you, I don't always have that kind of faith. I don't always have that kind of faith to ask God to hold back the rain. Um, And if you feel like you could never pray hard enough to see something like that, I'm telling you today that you can't, you can't do it, but God can. You don't have to have big faith, you just need faith in a big God. Nothing is impossible for him. Prayer is effective and prayer is powerful. My old pastor used to uh, quote this author named Jack Taylor and he would say that nothing lies beyond the reach of prayer because nothing lies beyond the reach of God. So this morning, what impossible things are we believing God for as a church? Nothing is impossible for God. There is no situation that God can't handle. So as believers, we can be confident before God because he hears and he answers our prayers. We have seen that God is paying attention to us (laughs) and that when we pray in faith, it's as good as done. Maybe you're here today and God is speaking to you. He's pointing out something that that you need to believe him for. Maybe you've been believing God for something, but you haven't seen it yet, and you need to be encouraged that it's as good as done. Maybe you haven't ever prayed for anything, and you, you need to know that God hears your prayers. God's listening. Maybe you've been praying and believing God for something, and you need to seek God's will in the Scriptures, listen to the Holy Spirit, and discern your circumstances. So this morning dream with me. What would our community look like if we as a church family started believing God for big things? What might happen if we totally believed that God hears and answers our prayers? Let's dream together about what God could do and pray in faith as if nothing is impossible. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you that there is no limit to your power. You hear and you answer our prayers, Lord, Father, help us, Lord. We we say, "I do believe, help my unbelief," Lord. We know we're not where we need to be, Lord, but give us faith in You and Your power, Lord. We're looking forward to see what You will do when we step out in faith, when we take risks to advance Your kingdom, Lord. We thank You for what You're doing in our lives, Lord. Um, just help us, teach us to be more like Your Son, to put our total trust in you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being a a powerful God who is real, who responds to his children. Lord, we thank you so much for what you're going to do. We love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.